Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the jungle. What's going on, Alvin? It's Wednesday. Normally, we reserve it and wait until Friday, but you know I've got to have that decky, yeah? I've got to have that decky, yeah? It's a hump day. We are on the strip. Live from the fountains of the Bellagio, I am Jim Rome. Our Super Bowl coverage continues. Brought to you by Wendy's. With Wendy's breakfast, two for three dollar biggie bundles. You can choose the pair you want. Limited time only during breakfast hours. U.S. price and participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, look at Vegas. The sun is out. Check out the sphere. Again, the graphics on the sphere are crazy. Welcome to the show. I am Jim Rome. All right, we are wall to wall once again. Got a big time, a big time program for you. Lots of guests. Let me say this. If you've been watching this week, if you know anything about our Super Bowl coverage, you know we're going to run through as many guests as we possibly can. Today, it's a little bit different in this regard. The first couple of days, we've had almost everybody exclusively right here on the set at the Bellagio. Today, we are going to bounce back and forth from Radio Row to our set on the Bellagio. So it's about to get nice. It's a Wednesday, so we have an ATP. And we have a whole lot of guests. Let me run down the guest lineup for you very quickly. Coming up later on today, hour number one, Anthony Munoz, one of the best to ever do it, Hall of Famer. Always run him down the week of Super Bowl. Looking forward to that. Kendrick Bourne, Fletcher Cox, top of hour number two. Jake Glazer, Hall of Famer Derek Brooks, Hall of Famer Dan Marino. Daniel White will be on set in hour number three. And Brock Bowers getting ready for the upcoming NFL draft. He will join me in the final segment of Hour 3. Now, things in Vegas, obviously, get kind of kooky, so let me open it up to you. Here's my first guest walking over if you're watching on TV. Telephone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. If you want to hit me up on the X platform, do so. I'm at Jim Rome. And you know you can still email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at Habitate.com. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right at it. We are joined right now by a former NFL defensive back. He played 17 years for the Steelers, the Ravens, the Raiders, the 49ers. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was inducted in 2009. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens in 2001. An 11-time Pro Bowler, a nine-time All-Pro, the 1993 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. There's more. I don't even have time to get to it all. He appears courtesy of the NFL Alumni Health. Of course, I'm talking about my man, Rod Woodson. Rod, it is awesome to see you, man. How you doing? Jim, it is great to be here. You look, you have aged so well. You look my so man. good, man. My man, I appreciate you saying that, dude. You too. You too. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Love it. I'm glad everybody's here. This is my hometown now. I've been here for four years. I'm glad the Super Bowl is here. I'm glad that everybody's enjoying our sunshine that we're starting to get here this week so it's going to be fun it's going to be great it's going to be awesome rod woodson is joining us i'm glad you mentioned this is your town for instance last spring you were the head coach and gm of the las vegas vipers of the xfl i'm curious what about that experience what was your biggest takeaway after being an assistant coach in the nfl as long as you were what was the experience like last year for you with the xfl it taught me a lot about who I am, but it taught me a lot about what a head coach really goes through. I mean, you you go through more than it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be called coach. You should be called a manager, like kind of like they were doing baseball. Sure, you're a manager. I mean, it's you have so many different things that come to your plate that has nothing to do with football. Everything outside of football, and that's one of the things that I give a lot of credit to all these head coaches in the National Football League and all the sports that do it on a daily basis and year after year. That they have to take that on. It, it gives you a lot, but it, it's a handful, but it teaches you a lot about who you are. We're talking to Rod Woodson, so having gone through that, it's different. You learned about yourself. You learned about that gig. Did you learn that you like that gig, or did you learn that you don't want that gig? No, I love, I love coaching because I love, you know, I was blessed when I was in Pittsburgh to have Tony Dungy, Rod Rust, you know, uh, uh, Mean Joe Green was there. Chuck Knoll was there. And then they leave. And then Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, and Bill Cowher comes in. So for that 10-year period, giving back to not only in football, but in life. So for me, 
coaching, giving back to players on the football field is one thing, but giving back tidbits and planting seeds in life is another. Hall of Famer Rod Woodson joining us. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the Steelers. I was going to ask you about them because the one guy you didn't mention was Mike Tomlin. Man, Rod, there's something weird going on. Whenever I mention Mike Tomlin on this show, Steeler fan hits me up and hits me hard, and they can't get rid of this guy soon enough. Do you share their frustration, or do they just not get how good they have it with this guy? Well, you know, I think the Steelers have done it right. They've done it the right way. They've picked leaders. And if you think about Chuck Noll, you think about Bill Cowher, you think about Mike Tomlin, only three coaches in the history of their franchise. He has done a lot of good things. He's won a Super Bowl. I know he hasn't been back recently. Uh, He is still a really good coach. And I look at him and say, they have talent, but it's sporadic. It's not across the board. It's sporadic. And for how he is still winning the majority of his games year in and year out, it's been amazing. So, you know, you've got to be very careful what you wish for. Because if you get rid of Mike Tomlin, who are you going to bring in? This is what I keep like, saying. Who are you going to bring? Who's going to be better than Mike? And, you know, I, I, I love Mike. And if, you, if anybody's ever in the room, I sat in there one time listening to him speak to the team. And I, when he got done, I walked up to him and said, man, if I could still play, I would play for you. I see that's really high praise. I mean, it seems to me the coach's job is to get as much as they possibly can out of the talent they've been given. This is what this guy does, right? He definitely does. I mean, he he gets every ounce of it. And week in and week out, year after year, and I look at him and go, man, where's the talent, especially on the offensive side? Like, where's it been? Where's it at? And since Ben left, they've been struggling on that side of the ball. And for me, the way Mike has he allows his players to be themselves inside of their system as long as they don't go rogue. Um, but what he's done year after year with the talent that he has at hand, I think is amazing. Rod Woodson joining us. I mentioned you were also in the front office. You were a GM last year, too. What was that experience like? And going forward, what kind of an opportunity are you looking for now? Uh, listen, whatever doors God opens up for me, he'll open that door. Uh, I'll be able to walk through it. Uh, as a GM, you know, I, I have the same math kind of the same mindset the Steelers have always had. Find the best athlete, the best player that you can find, irrelevant of what he looks like. Because everybody's looking for, you know, you got to be a 6-2 corner, you got to have a wingspan of such and such, you got to run a 4-3 something, 4-4, 40. No, you don't have to. I I think if you can find the best athletes and put them together collectively with a good coaching staff, that's when you build a really good environment, and that's when you have winning football teams. We are talking to Rod Woodson. So, Rod, you, of course, were with the Raiders for a long time, and Antonio Pierce gets that job full-time. He was an interim head coach. The team obviously responded really, really well to him. I understand why they hired him, but it seems to me you hire a guy like that not because of what he just did, but what he can still do for you going forward. What do you make of that hire, and what does he need to do to get the silver and black back in a place where they're competing with Kansas City on the yearly, on the annual? The one thing I love what he said recently is that, listen, if you're not wearing silver and black, we're, we're going to try to be physical, violent. And even though in this football world it can't be overly violent now, you know what I'm saying, uh, as, a, as a, the way the flags get thrown against defensive players. But I think what he has, he has a good message. Like, he's been a Raider fan for a long time. He understands what, it's, what it is to be a Raider. And... As long as they understand that, as long as his message is on point, I, I think it's, listen, we're going to be physical, we're going to be fast, we're not going to apologize that we're physical and fast, and we're going to keep playing. And for them, it was about getting the right offensive coordinator in, and you got to hope that's going to be the case. Did, I was going to say, did they well, run? I, you don't know. You don't know until he starts coaching. And I, I like the talent they have. You know, they can add some more weapons, obviously. But I think Antonio is going to have them play really fast, hard football, and it's going to be the old Raider way. Rod Woodson, one of the best ever to do it, joining us here on the set in Las Vegas. Now, you won that Super Bowl in 2001 as part of a legendary Ravens defense led by Ray Lewis, who won the MVP honors in the game that day. Looking at the Niners defense, looking at the Chiefs defense this week, which of those two defenses do you have more confidence in right now? Ooh. That's a hard. You know, the, the Chiefs defense has played really good football has, this year. I mean, has. they really have. I mean, they. I was really surprised how good they played throughout the whole year because as the previous years has been the offense. The offense has kind of kept them around. And the defense would play well sporadically throughout the year. But they've played solid football. Listen, Sneed has become one of the best corners in the National Football League where 
Last year, he didn't. He played well, but he didn't play like this. And I, I think, you know, you got to give Spags. Spags has done. He, he's been around the league for a long time. He understands what it takes to to play. They, they got playmakers across the board. Um, you know, I love the 49ers. I do. I, I think Warner is a beast for the middle linebacker no position. Uh, they got players across the board for them. They have not played great football. Right. These two playoff games, but they won. And for me, when I watch that, I'm going, I'm looking at them going, I know they're not, they're not going to play three bad games. I just don't think they will. I think they're going to play really good football. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code ROAM. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code ROAM. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-889-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, Rod, what if they don't? I mean, they did what they had to do. Credit for that. They did what they had to do. They found a way to get it done. But if they play defense the way they have the last couple of games, is it going to be good enough to win on Sunday? That would be a tough one. The one thing that you don't want, you don't want Brock Purdy have to throw the ball 35 to 40 times in a game. Mm. That's not who the system is. The system is to, hey, listen, they got the best running back in the National Football League playing for the 49ers. Right, you got to give him the ball, run the ball. You got to give him to him in the passing game. Let him find his mismatches. Give the ball, distribute the ball to your playmakers and the Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. You do that. They keep the game close. When they keep the game close, they win those games. It's when they get the when the game gets too far away from them. That's when you're putting too much. I think too much on the shoulders of Brock Purdy, and that's not what they are. See, that's interesting. Like, how much do you put on his shoulders? For instance, when you won that Super Bowl with the Ravens, the whole talk about Trent Dilfer was, hey, listen, just don't make any mistakes. Don't make any mistakes. Do what you have to do. You've got playmakers everywhere. Let them do what they do best, and don't make mistakes. Is that enough for Brock Purdy, or does he have to make plays, and does he have to make big plays for them to win? Well, he's made plays all year long. Yes. People are always talking about how he's a game manager. And yeah, I'm like, wait, I, he's I, a really I, good game manager. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I, 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 that's what I want to say. Yeah, it's I, just, I, number one, I don't think that's a wrap. Being a yeah. good game manager is a good thing. And number two, he's more than that. He is. Like, you have these playmakers. You still got to distribute the football right. to them. They can't you throw and catch to, it. Not right, to go Giselle on anybody, but they can't throw it and catch it themselves. I mean, so you still have to distribute the football to your guys who are open. Right. And he has done that tremendously. And the only reason he they consider him as a game manager because where he was drafted. That's it. And how, and if how he, he was looks. a number one and pick. And how he looks, right. which you said in the beginning, doesn't matter. And if he was a number one pick yeah. in the first round, He'd they, be a would, legend. they would not be saying that. Oh, no. They'd be like, this is the guy. And we knew it all along. Listen, let me ask you really quickly before I ask you why you're here. I want to ask you, because you mentioned playmakers. You were, it was your job to shut down playmakers. You were really, really good at that job. Travis Kelsey, one of the best playmakers of any generation or any era. If you had to match up with him, how would you try to slow him down? I'm being physical. Yeah. you got to be physical with Travis Kelsey. You can't let him off the ball. Very similar to two weeks ago when the Ravens played him. They didn't touch him off the ball. Mm. You can't allow, you can't give Patrick Mahomes his number one read right away. <laughs> you got to take away the number one read and make him go to two to three. And if they beat you doing it that way, you can live so with that, be, right? I can live with that. But I can't give you number one and number two and number three and let you have your day throughout the whole game. All right, so Rod, you're here on behalf of the NFL Alumni Health, which is teamed up with the DEA administration. It's the One Pill Can Kill Public Health campaign. Lay that out for me. What are you doing and what is that all about? Yeah, you think about where fentanyl, fentanyl is getting cut into everything. And people, these, people in, in this world are in social media and they're buying product online, not from a licensed physician, not from a licensed uh, pharmacist, but online. And 300 people a day last year died from fentanyl use. And only three grains of fentanyl can kill you. So to me, 
just spreading the word that, hey, let's be smart what you're doing. If you have a happy, listen, make sure you, whatever you're doing, if you want to get some, you, you need to get pain medicine, go to your, go to your licensed physician. If you need to talk to a licensed pharmacist, do everything the right way because all these people who are dying don't have to die. Listen, we talk to our kids about this all the time. It's not hard to get, and you don't know what you're getting. You don't. You have no idea what they're cutting it with. And, and, and that's one of the questions when I, when I saw the campaign, I'm like, I'm in. Uh, I mean, it's personal for me because my oldest son had, a, had an issue with uh, addiction back in the day. Uh, obviously, he's gotten through it. Obviously, it wasn't like it is today where they're cutting it with fentanyl. Uh, so I was blessed that it happened in that, that time frame. But so many other parents and family members are passing away because they're not paying attention and they trust the site that they're being honest. Because it's a platform and social media, so you assume it's okay, but it might not be. Rod Woodson, very powerful message, my man. So good to see you. Good appreciate see you. the friendship. You look appreciate. Good. Appreciate. You got some purple. You play. For, you must be in for the rain. No, man, it's, all, no, it's not that, man. So it's all about trying to stay warm, man. You know I'm an LA native. I'm trying to stay warm. Appreciate you, Rod, so much. Good to Absolutely. see you. Appreciate Rod it. Woodson, one of the best to ever do it. And that's a good way to start the hump day. Yeah, I'm rocking the purple mock. Go ahead. Come on, clones. Come at me. Let me know. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. He played for 13 years after being the third pick overall in 1980 out of USC. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1998. He played in two Super Bowls. He was an 11-time Pro Bowler, an 11-time All-Pro. Like Rod Woodson before him, I could keep going, but I got to get to the interview. He is appearing courtesy of the 36th annual Super Bowl breakfast being held this Saturday at Caesars Palace. I am talking about the legendary Anthony Munoz, my man. One of my favorite things to do this time of year, every single year, is run you down. I know you and I can sit down and get to chop it up, so it's great to see you, man. How you doing? Always great seeing you, man. Thanks for having me. I'm doing fantastic. Can't complain. Dude, no, you look so. fantastic. Do you feel fantastic? You know, I feel pretty good for an old guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just get up every morning, move around, you know, work out some. I, I still work out every day and uh, trying to, I, I know I won't master the game, but trying to play as much golf as I can and chase some grandkids around. So uh, uh, I feel good. I really know, do. I, I actually could follow you either way, either golf or working out. <laughs> Man, golf, I want to be careful how I say this. I said this recently, and it's way too deep for me to get into with you, but my listeners are going to react wrong. But golf is the great equalizer, isn't it? <laughs> This is why guys, even great, great elite athletes like you, love it because you can't master it. Am I right? You're absolutely correct. And for me, it's not, if we go out and play golf, I don't want to compete against you. I'm competing against the course I'm playing, man. I want to, I want to do well in the course, and it, it is. You know, for someone like myself, I played baseball from the age of seven, played in college. To face a guy throwing a 90-plus fastball, I'm, okay, I can hit that thing. That golf ball sits on the, on the <laughs> Dude, it's stationary. It's not moving, my man. It's, it's not stationary. Moving. And I'm trying to move it in the right direction, but it is. It's a great equalizer. You know, at my age, I can play with younger guys and vice versa. So I love the game. Anthony, did you pitch? I did. I pitched one year at USC. I was a relief pitcher. High school, I was a third baseman pitcher, but the one year I played at USC, I was a relief pitcher. Okay, and you threw left-handed. What kind of movement did you have? Well, actually, right-handed. Okay, I was you right-handed. did. Yeah, yeah. Mike yeah. Lombardi and I were talking yeah. about this yesterday. You threw right-handed. Yeah. What kind of a pitcher were you? Well, when I got to college, I had a fastball curveball. That's all I had. Huh. So I get to college. Great pitching coach there taught me a change. I'm thinking, okay, I got three pitches now. You'll remember the name, Don McMahon. Oh, yeah. San Francisco Giants. He happened to be there helping out. He taught me a slider. So all of a sudden, I go from having a fastball and a curve. Now I have you got a repertoire, and my I'm man. Like, so I felt pretty good, but it was just one and out because of injuries. And uh, actually, one and out, got to experience going to the World Series. We won the World Series on that team with Rod Dato. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I played one year. 
Uh, I can say I'm undefeated, pitcher and call. I want to know. <laughs> My man, I, I don't know that everybody knows that about you. I'm glad we could talk about that. Let me ask you really quickly about the role of experience in the Super Bowl because you played in a couple of these games. I mean, is it one of those things that where it's totally overrated or is experience on the big stage actually a necessity? How important is it? i tell you what. You know, I don't know if it's a, a necessity, but it, it is definitely not overrated. I mean, it's, you know, I look at my career. From January or whenever my last game was until I go to camp, I ran, I lifted, I mean, I busted my tail doing technique because once July rolled around, rolled around I was going to camp, my focus was playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl. So that's, you know, as a, as a teammate, that was what I prepared for. So having the opportunity to play in two Super Bowls, amazing. Just a great And I know we lost two. But I got there twice, and uh, you know, I'm thankful for that. The guys I played with, amazing players. Anthony Munoz joining us. The one unfortunate thing was, other than the loss, you ran into Joe Montana twice. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a big Joe guy. All right, No matter what, I'm always, whenever the conversation comes up about the GOAT, I'm always going to say Joe is in that conversation. Let me ask you something. If Patrick Mahomes wins this weekend, is he now in that conversation with Joe and Tom Brady? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And let me just add something about Joe. Please. Not only 0-2 in Super, I was 0 for 5. Again. Oh, so the one, we went 3 and 1 at USC against Notre Dame. The one lost, Joe Montana. Joe. Two Super Bowls. You can't shake this, dude. Two regular season games. And so I'm like 0 for Joe. I mean, when I get to Super Bowl site and I see Joe or I see the highlights, I kind of start shaking. No, I'm, I'm good. But uh, yeah, the guy is the, I, one of the best. I so appreciate you saying that, but take a moment to talk about Joe because I think as we get older, people either forget or they don't know. Yeah. And I've always defended the guy, man. There was just something weird. Like, he was a sorcerer, man. He was a wizard. Like, you can't really explain what made him as good as he was, or can you? Like, Joe was a different cat. I'm going to say... He's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> and he elevated everyone else around him. I mean, you look at him and physically, he's not like, whoa, man, look at this guy. He's big. But the mental capacity he had, the anticipation, knowing where every guy was every time, but he was a winner. I mean, you know, I can say that because 0 and 5, but the guy was amazing. I can't believe people forget about what he did in the 80s, early 90s. I'll never forget, and people shouldn't forget. True football historians should not believe forget what Joe Montana did. I'll carry that flag. The guy was amazing. The guy yeah. was absolutely yep. amazing. I agree. Anthony Munoz is also amazing. One of the best to ever do it. I want to be very careful when I make this comparison. I'm not making the comparison per se, but when you talk about Joe being a winner and what makes him so, how much of that do you see in your guy Joe Burrow? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm not going to start to make the comparison, but Joe is the real deal. Yeah, he is. I'll start out by saying we got to keep Joe healthy, upright. But, man, the guy, every part of his game, I just sit there and amaze. I go to every home game when he's playing, and I watch him, the way the guys fight for him. You hear guys talk about him. They love him. They love playing for him. Yeah, free agents come in, have dinner with them, and say, I got to come play with this guy. He's got that it, he's, right? He has the it. And, uh, you know, we got a guy that, again, if he stays healthy and they continue to keep him, he's going to play a long time. But I just love watching him play. I have two. I have a bunch of grandkids. There's a couple that I'm, you know, around a lot, and they're, seventh and eighth graders pretty good athletes and i say watch joe don't watch the passes he makes how he leads you off it i say watch how he handles adversity and success uh, that's uh. what i'm all about watch how they do that he doesn't rip his guys he encourages them he does something well he goes to the bench come back and do it he throws a pick six you don't see him going nuts he goes to the bench bench, makes adjustments, comes in, leads him 80 yards. Because he knows he's going to make a play. Exactly. He always knows he's going to make a play. And he's not going to ask anybody to do what he himself wouldn't do. I mean, when you have a guy like that who's the face of the franchise, every team wants it. Very few get it. But when you have that guy (laughs) and he gets it, I mean, to your point, though, you got to keep him upright. seems to me it doesn't matter how good this guy is, how good his weapons are around him, because he has weapons. you got to take care of this guy. What do you think about the guys playing in front of him right now? You know, I think they have the the nucleus, I think they have the guys there. They're just consistent. I think consistency is a word that I need them to be. Is, uh, you know, they, they signed you know, the big Brown from uh, Orlando Brown from Kansas City. Uh, I really like Volson. He's in his, going into I his third too. year. I yeah. mean, the guy is big and strong and tough. Uh, Kappa has come in. 
uh, you know, done a great job. But the guy that has come in and really established himself, not only as an excellent player, but a leader, and that's Karras. Mm. Karras is unbelievable. And then you got Jonah Williams. I think they have the, the making of a pretty good line. It's just they have to be consistent. Anthony Munoz joining us. Now, I mentioned at the very top, all those accomplishments, but what I did not mention, you're also a former winner of the Bart Starr Award, which honors the NFL player who best exemplifies character, integrity, leadership. The award's going to be presented Saturday at Caesars Palace. What can you tell me about the event and who is going to get the award this year? Great event. Great event. I won that award a couple years ago. I was the, actually the second recipient. Steve Largent was the first. I was uh, back in the, I think it was 89, 90, something like that. Minka Fitzpatrick Jr., defensive back from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, is winning it. Uh, you look at the list of, of previous winners, I mean, just as recent as Kirk Cousins, all the way back to, you know, Mike Singletary and Reggie White. Uh, so it's a great fraternity of Bart Starr award winners. Just think about the name that it carries, Bart Starr, winner right. of the first two Super hey, Bowls. What, 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 I was going to say, what does that name represent oh, to you? A winner, again, a winner. Man of character, a man of faith, great man, great family man. And that's what that name, when I hear the name Bart Starr, that's what it's all about. And I'm excited that uh, Saturday morning at Caesars, athletes in action, uh, you know, they'll be able to give this award to, to Minka Fitzpatrick Jr. And a young guy, I mean, he's what, 26, 27 years old. Uh, doing a phenomenal job, not on the field, but as you mentioned, family, community, teammates, and, uh, and that's huge when your you know, peers vote you for that. And uh, so I'm excited to be there. Guys like Tony Dungy and Mike Singletary uh, there at Caesars Palace. Uh, then we'll have probably a few other uh, you know, former present-day uh, players either on video or in person at the breakfast. So now what about the fans? Can the fans get tickets? Can they attend? I believe they're still available. Uh, I I don't know if you have the, the website. SuperBowlBreakfast.com. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man, you know I've got the website. That's right. I know you SuperBowlBreakfast.com. Yeah. I got you. But you can still go. I still I believe there's still tickets available. And uh, I, I tell you what, you won't regret getting a ticket, getting a group, getting yourself over there and uh, checking out the breakfast, checking out the program, and just see, you know, a lot of these former present-day players sharing what's important to them in life. You know, uh -huh. that, athletes in action, I've been involved with them for 43, going on 44 years. I left USC, my wife and I, Didi, we venture off to Cincinnati, got plugged in there, and they have a great tagline, victory beyond competition. Uh, Think I about like that. that. I like that. I mean, we can compete, it, it, but the true explain victory. Explain what that means yeah. to you. I like that. What it means to me is my victory is my faith. And that's beyond the competitions, beyond what we've been talking about, Super Bowls and playing against the Steelers and the Raiders and the Brands. Victory beyond competition. And I love that tagline. It seems to me that's why whenever I talk to somebody who's lost a Super Bowl or more, it stays with them. They're haunted by it. You're at peace with it, and I think that's why. It's what you just said. There's something yeah. bigger than the game. I agree. I mean, yeah, and it's – and I just heard the other day, somebody was talking about, it's what I did, not who, who I, I am. am. Right. Yeah. And to me, I tell people back when I got in the league, I didn't know a whole lot. Don't know a whole lot more now, but I know that, that it's <laughs> what I did. And what, when I was doing it, I wanted to be the best. But I wouldn't bring it home. And once I retired, it was time to move on and do other things. And I'm thankful that I've had plenty of other opportunities to move forward. But still stay close to the game. Talk about the game. Go to games. And, and just kind of reminisce. And, you know, nothing better than going to a game and sitting with you know former teammates and watching the present day guys play it's the best. and What's rooting better? them on you know we're big we're their biggest fans and uh, you know we kind of reminisce and you know back in the day but it's a different game and we root for the guys Anthony Munoz why do you think I began this segment by saying one of my favorite things to do every single week this time of year is to run down this big dude Anthony <laughs> so good to see you man I appreciate hey. the friendship I appreciate all the content Thank you, you man. Best. Always good. You being look with like you. a million, man. You look like a million. Well, thank you. It's great you. to see Appreciate you. It. Thanks, Anthony Jim. Munoz. I love that. That's one of my favorite things every single year, right here, the week of Super Bowl. All right, we will take a short time out right now. Once again, once you, if you want to take a shot, hey yo, what's up? Good to see people on the street. The sun is out. The fans are out. So, quick question: Why is Old Trapper beef jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. 
It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? I'm talking about Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick, my man. You look great, dude. It's great to see you. How you feeling? Yes, sir. Thanks, Jim. You look good, too, man. I'm feeling great, man. You know, getting back to where I was at before I got hurt. You know, feeling good, rehabbing every day, getting right. Did you, you got exactly where I wanted to start. When you and I spoke in October, mm-hmm. man, you were having a year now. You yes, were sir. having a year. You were on yes, pace sir. to have your best year ever. You are coming off a huge game against the Bills. Unfortunately, you tore your ACL. So bring me up to date. How's the knee and how's the rehab process? Where are you? Uh, rehab's been great, man. I'm ahead of schedule, looking good, feeling good, uh, just on a consistent schedule uh, with my PT, and it's been good, man. Uh, just trying to get back to where I was, like you said, and uh, I think I'm, I'm in a great place, man, mentally, physically, spiritually, just trying to get these quads strong, you know, and, and prepare myself to get back to where I was. My man, I love the energy so much. Sir. I love the energy so much, and I'll tell you why. Because I think that in the NFL, what we know is getting hurt, it's not a question of if, it's a matter of when yes. and how badly when it happens. Mm-hmm. But the fans don't understand this, right? You get hurt, you go away, the fans move on, it's the next man up mentality. But then there's the guy. The guy is dealing with it. The guy is living mm-hmm. with it. How lonely can rehab get? And is it tougher mentally or physically? That's a great way to put it. It's 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 almost depressing in a sense. So I have to be mentally strong at all points. Man, I, and I take it back to how I am off the field, you know, doing the right things off the field um, to put myself in position for later on in my life. You know, the longevity of doing finances right, doing the things right. So it's not so much that I need to go play football, but just setting myself up for success. Dude, it's holistic. Yeah, it's sir. a lifestyle. So it's an identity. It, it, it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. So um, it's helped me uh, deal with this process of knowing that I'm okay off the field. Put my money in the right places. It's a serious thing. So if I really needed football and needed the money in that sense, I'm, I'm chasing. I'm chasing the the goals and, and the money and and the contracts, of course. But I've done the right things off the field to where I can do this process with a great mentality and not get depressed as I started. Man, that is such a great point. That is such a great way to put that. Kendrick Bourne is joining us right now. You know the saying also that for every setback, it sets Mm. up a bigger comeback. It's a great saying. But is it true? For instance, is the goal to get back to where you were, or is it realistic? Can mm. you go through that rehab, and can you be even better when you come back? That's a great way to put it. Again, I, I, that's what I want to do. You know, that's how I think, of course. And uh, I felt like I was in the best shape of my life that I've ever been before I got hurt. And I am going to come back better because uh, what the doctors say, what people say, is that you truly get stronger after going through a traumatic injury as I did. So um, I definitely feel stronger already as I go through rehab. I never focused on my legs as much as I have now. I'm an upper body lifting kind of guy. I wanna, you know, everybody wants to look good up top, but you have to worry about your legs. You have to worry about your glutes. You have to worry about your hamstrings, all these things. Your core. Uh, your core is the main thing. And so just focusing on that, um, in detail, as I've never done, is going to make me come back better. Hey, dude, as you in say. no way would I compare anything physical. I mean, look at me. I'm not going to compare me to you in any way. But core, core. I, I've told my listeners I had double hernia surgery. Wow, dude, you have no idea how important the core is until the core ain't there, right? Oh my goodness, it's everything. It's the it's the centerpiece. So that's something that I worked on very hard uh, going into 2023. So that was very important of how I moved, how I jumped, how I reacted to the ball and was able to make those plays. So focusing on core, focusing on legs, and it all comes together, man, to be a, a good football player. Kendrick Bourne joining us with the best energy ever. <laughs> what about the business of football, right? So yes, sir. you're coming back from the injury. Uh-huh. We've talked about your journey in the past, man. There's no doubt. I mean, aside from all this positivity, don't confuse the fact you got a fire in your gut now. Yes, sir. You've overcome a lot. I know yes, your journey. You and I have talked about your journey. You're also going to hit the free agent market. How are you approaching that? I know you like where you are right now, mm-hmm. but are you anxious to see what else is out there? I am. I am. So, like you said, I love the Patriots. I love what they've done for me. Obviously, I was a Niner before, going from the Niners to free agency. I didn't know the Patriots wanted me. So, there's no knowing for me who wants me right now. Just being a good person, just being a good football player, doing the things that I'm talking about, working hard, and putting my best opportunity out there for myself 
um, doing the things within. Like I said, working hard, doing just little detailed things that teams might see that they want on their team. So uh, just giving myself the best opportunity, man. And But I would love to be a Patriot again. I say it all the time, man. They've helped me a lot. Belichick changed my life. Obviously, it's Mayo now. How? How? Um, he paid me. He paid me. He paid my first <laughs> contract. Helps. You know, it is. It changed my family's life, so I'm always thankful for it, man, and I don't take it for granted. So um, it's an organization that is wholehearted, like a, a special place in my heart. So um, I would love to go back, but I'm definitely open to somebody else investing in me and, and giving me an opportunity. It's, it's definitely open. Kendrick Bourne is joining us, so it's got to be so strange, right? If you're a Patriot and you have been for a few years, mm-hmm. Bill's not there. Now, yeah. Bill, when he was there, he was omnipresent, man. He was everywhere <laughs> at all times. I mean, but it just goes to show, man, nobody's safe in that league. It is a ruthless league. No. If the GOAT can be let go, anybody can. What do you think? Maybe you go back, maybe you don't. What's it going to be like for those who are in that facility to walk in that facility and not see Bill or feel Bill? How weird is that yeah, going to be? I think it's going to be different. Um, Bill was very, you know, whoever the best player was was going to play. And I love that mentality because – it's not about money. It's not about anything. Bill really believed in the best players is going to help the team win. So he do was your good. job. Yeah, do it. Exactly. They don't even have to say anything else. So I think it's just going to be a different vibe. But Mayo understands that that uh, culture. He he. I think he's going to meet the younger guys where they are. It's going to be a balance more of, of that same culture, but a little bit of critiquing and a little bit of more swag and, and energy to the room. So um, I'm excited to see how it goes. He he knows how Bill was, and then he he's, he's a, a younger guy too. So this new era, new age um, of players, I think it's going to work out well for Mayo. It's, it's a really tough guy to follow, needless to say, but he's in the system. He's well-liked in that mm-hmm. facility. The players know him. I'm really curious to see how he does, mm-hmm. and I think he'll do well. Listen, you mentioned he played for the 49ers. Since mm-hmm. you know that Kyle Shanahan system, how yes. do you think he's going to go about trying to attack a Chiefs defense, which has mm-hmm. been the best defense we've seen during their recent yeah. Super Bowl runs? I think their run game is going to be phenomenal. Um, Chris McCaffrey, obviously, is phenomenal. And uh, I feel like la- the last time we played them, obviously I was a part of it, and uh, we didn't run the ball enough. We didn't uh. run the ball. So I think he's going to attack the run game this game as there- it's the rematch. So I think that's going to be the biggest key for them to get play action passes, those things, get down the field, because Chiefs have a good defense. So the run game has to be established for them to be successful in the past I agree game. with you. That's a good yes, way sir. to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. Now, you know, from <laughs> exactly. a receiver standpoint, right, the Chiefs receivers did not have a good year. They led mm. the league in drops, mm. but then they seemed to fix that once they got to the postseason. But you've been here before. It Could that flare up again mm. in a high-pressure situation, or do you think they're beyond, or beyond that at this point? That's a great question. I, it, if, if you're a player that gets scared of the lights and gets scared of the glitz and glamour, it, it, it might happen again. <laughs> But uh, if do, do, do guys, can you get to that level and no, do the it, lights it gets, and the big stage and the glamour? So, so does it get to guys? It does. It so Jerry's World and at the Cowboy Stadium is serious. So that you look up, it's super hot. The lights is crazy. You got the cheerleaders, the cars up there. You you get caught up in it. You got you can't be distracted by. So the Super Bowl is just a glorified game. So. If you're one of those players that get distracted and looking out to the crowd and all that, you might go drop a couple passes. But if you can lock in and focus and, and just treat it like a normal game, but still enjoy it and, and, and have fun and look at those things as this is enjoyable, this is different, this is unique, this is special, I think you'll go out there and catch every pass. Like Travis Kelsey, he's going to catch everything in postseason. He does, he, he's and, built and he has, and he has, <laughs> exactly. right? You tell me, dude, like, how long did it take you when you played in the Super Bowl to settle into, all right, I'm fine, I'm good, it's another game? Yeah. Uh, it, it was natural for me, man. I just, you know, I, I enjoyed it all. I just... I just soaked it all in. It wasn't nothing too big for me. I feel like you loved it. You loved it. You you weren't afraid of it. You loved it. I loved it. So that's what I would give advice to any young guy going into the game. Just love it as you always have, and you'll have a successful game. All right, so how do you think this one plays out? Ah, So I'm so biased right now. You know, obviously I was with the Niners, and uh, Patrick Mahomes beat me, so I should have a Super Bowl ring. I look at the stupid <laughs> NFC ring, and I and I just did, did you just I love say it. I look at the stupid <laughs> NFC ring? Is that how you I, see I, that ring? That's how I see Are that ring. Are you proud of the ring, or is that a stupid it's, NFC it's ring? It's like I'm in between. I love uh, having the ring, but do I, you wear it? I, I don't wear it because it's, it's a stupid <laughs> NFC ring. <laughs> so yeah, it's just amazing, in my dude. display case. But so I'm biased. I'm, I'm in between, but I love my guys uh, in San Francisco. I got great relationships with Kiddo and Debo and Ayuk and all those guys. So I want to see those guys win. Obviously, I don't know Brock Purdy, but I love how he plays and I love the underdog story. So 
Did I, and I, I don't like Mahomes. I like Mahomes, but I don't. He took my Super Bowl, so I get that, man. I, in <laughs> fact, all the great ones take it personally. I would be disappointed if you didn't. Hey, speaking of uh, bling, look at this. Oh wait, oh, you're way same? better than me. Same, no, same. No, same? no, that's no? not the same. That's not the same. That's better. My man, I, I thought it was exactly the same, but you went yellow. I can't really pull yellow off. I got to go white. But I wear it on my right hand. People, my, my, everybody gets mad at me. But why? Why, why? Why do you wear that on your right hand? I don't hand? know. I'll tell you why. The same reason anybody does anything because they can. Because <laughs> Honestly, they can. Though, so the the little time switcher thing it Dude. pokes my hand on my left. So uh, it's so uncomfortable when I because I let it like kind of flap around. Can you? you okay, you do. Yeah, I don't like it too. Can tight. you set the date on that thing? That's a complicated watch. Do you nope. want to set the date? So I do, but. I always like don't wear it one day, so then it always goes back. Just let it go, man. Yeah. Right? I mean, even even a broken watch is right twice a day, even one that costs that much. My man, I, I so appreciate the energy. I appreciate yes, you showing up, man. You make it so much better, Kendrick. Really good to see you. Yes, sir. Good Thank luck you, with Jim. everything. Can't wait to see where you end up next season. And as soon as you find your new home, or maybe your new home is your old home, I know we'll chop it up again. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir, Kendrick Bourne. That's how you do it. That's how you show up. That's the energy I'm looking for. Telephone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. As we wrap up hour number one, let me just check base with you, clones, see what you're saying about my fit today. I know you'll be all over me. Check this guy, Kendrick. Hey, Rome, Monday, you rocked a Bob Goulet look. Tuesday, you channeled your inner Rocky Balboa in the cold. Today, I'm feeling Rat Pack vibes. <laughs> Styling like Dino or Sinatra, babe. Very tight. Sun's out in Vegas, and the future looks bright for Jim Rome. Jimmy Can, Illinois. Dude, you know what you are? You're a high-volume shooter. None of yourself is, stuff is good, but you just keep coming, don't you? Jimmy, you just keep coming. <laughs> I love the way you're wearing your turtleneck, though. It's, you got, got to, like, man. fold it twice. No, I, I didn't See, do that on purpose. It just did, did that on that its own. Is, I'm taking that. Yeah, for real. I usually just fold it once. But Me like, too. That, that was the plan. That's clean. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. I'm talking about Fletcher Cox. Fletcher, it's great to have you on the program. How is Radio Row treating you? How you doing today, my man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, this is my first experience, honestly, on Radio Row, and I'm having a good time. So, uh, like I said, thanks for having me, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Dude, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. I want to tell you, for your first time on Radio Row, you're already handling it like a boss. You're already handling it like a boss because I'm not there, and you're taking <laughs> care of your business. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Like, you played in the Super Bowl last year, and for a long time this year, it seemed like you were destined to come back once again. What's it like to be here, though, and not prepare for the game and end up talking to a scrub like me instead? Uh, it's different, uh, you know, being here and for a game you know I kind of broke my one rule uh, you know my whole career is you know, I'm not going to the Super Bowl uh, you know unless I'm actually playing in it but I broke that rule so you know obviously I broke it for many reasons and uh, kind of glad I did having a really good time here uh, you know but less stressful uh, on radio row that I did as uh, preparing for you know obviously one of the biggest games of your life. Hey, you know what? Good for you. I know a lot of guys that have that same exact rule, but if you have that rule, you might miss this element. So good for you. I think that's a good way to approach it. Hey, listen, take me back a little bit. You're from Yazoo City, Mississippi. For those who don't know, what was life like there? What was life like for you growing up? I mean, it was different. You know, life for me as a kid was different, right? Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing for me is, you know, I, I think about it as everybody got a story. And, uh, you know, I can keep it short and sweet about, you know, the way that I was growing up and, you know, things that I went through and, you know, you know, just growing up playing sports, uh, you know, mom finally gave me permission to play sports. But the biggest thing for me is, you know, you, when you're a kid, you go to the barbershop on Friday, I mean, on Saturday mornings after games. And you hear a lot of guys talk about, you know, how good they was, how good they once was, what they could have done. And, you know, as a kid, I listened to those messages. I listened to those things that, that they talked about. And, and my biggest deal was, you know, to myself is I don't want to be the guy that goes into the, the barbershop and talk about that. I want to be the guy to say I made it and, you know, and, and, and a guy that can go back to that barbershop on Saturdays and say, hey, look, you know, and be there for kids that, you know, no matter how, how small the town is, there's a way out. And for me, um, I use that as, as, as motivation for myself to, to, to get out of Yazoo City. 
My man, that is such a great, great story. That is such a great anecdote. That you sat in that barbershop growing up and said, I don't want to end up like that, man. I want to be one of those guys who did get out, didn't have an excuse, and came back and then gave back. You mentioned your mom. I want to ask you about Melissa because she worked long hours. Story goes, she worked long hours at a Nissan supply factory so you could have these kind of advantages. But to your point, she did not let you play football at first. What sports were you playing before you started to play football? None. Uh, my None. coaches, uh, high school coaches, Kyle Wallace, Tony Wolfog. No, uh, I, I, uh, there was actually zero sports being played until eighth grade. You know, I may have played a little flag football and, you know, when I was little, played some baseball, but, you know, anything dealing with contact sports, she, she really didn't, she really didn't want me, you know, kind of dealing with it. But, you know, she looked at the opportunity now and that she gave me and it, it changed both of our lives, mine's and hers. Um, so the coaches, you know, Kyle Wallace and Tony Wolfog, they, they begged her, begged her, begged her, and she finally, you know, as a mom, she finally signed a consent form, got my physical, and it's been all ball since then. We're talking to Fletcher Cox. I mean, it, things did change. Another coach I want to ask you about, Jeff Collins, the D coordinator at Mississippi State, said this about you, quote, I bet there's not more than 30 humans in the history of the world that have been as big, fast, strong, and as agile as him in the history of the world, quote, end of quote. Look, you had a late start, but I know how much work you put in to be who you are and what you are. What's it like when that work pays off and you know you can dominate an opponent the way you do? Well, I think, you know, for me, like, it all started, like, my, my sophomore year in high school for me when I really rec real, rec really recognized that, that I could be special and I could use football as, as, as a way of, you know, changing my lifestyle, people's lives around me. Uh, and then, I, it, like I said, it took off from there and just believing in myself, you know, taking the hard coaching, you know, those early mornings, they suck, right? But you, you take the hard coaching and you got to believe in yourself. And, you know, I really never saw myself, honestly, playing in the NFL, you know. I just figured I could, you know, find ways to, to, to be a better person, to be a better brother, um, to be a better son, you know, but, you know, football now has been my life for, you know, you know, if I'm counting college, you know, and now it's 15 years where it was really important to me and I took advantage of it. We were talking to Fletcher Cox, not only that, but you told The Athletic a while back, quote, being in Philadelphia changed my entire life, end of quote. What do you mean by that and what does that city mean to you? It means so much to me, you know, they've they been, been in the city of Philly, you know, you know, Mr. Lurie and, you know, Howie and those guys, you know, Andy, they drafted me and they gave me a chance, right? And I, and I took so much advantage of that chance to, 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 to believe that, hey, look, I'm from Yazoo City, I'm in the NFL, this is my chance, you know, let's, let's take the, the best opportunity and the most advantage of it that you can. In the city of Philadelphia, you know, I, I, you know, I appreciate them all the time because, you know, they have a love-hate love, hate relationship, you know, with the sports team. And they love you when you're good and let you know when you suck. But they still support you no matter what. You know, they still gonna show up. You know, they still gonna tailgate, drink their beer, have fun, party. And that's what you gotta love about, you know, the city of Philly. Is they're, they're gonna be there with you. Philly fan, there is nobody, there is nothing quite like Philly fan for the reason you just mentioned. Listen, dude, you're not just a great player. You're a great defensive player. You're not just a great defensive player. You're a great defensive player for Philadelphia. What does that mean? There's a tradition there. Guys like Chuck Bednarik, Reggie White, Brian Dawkins, the list goes on and on and on. What's it mean to you to be a great defensive player and be a part of that great defensive tradition? I mean, to even be mentioned in those conversations with those guys is, is an honor, right? Um, you know, and, and it, again, like, you know, you have a lot of defense. You know, I've got a lot of guys that comes through there, but you don't have, you know, like I said, to be mentioned in that conversation is, man, it's just, it's an honor, right? You know, that being part of that, that tradition of dominant defensive players that, that's played um, in the city of Philadelphia, and you have to appreciate it because, you know, nothing motivates you more than either being in the city of Philly and the fans just supporting you and pushing you to the best player that you can be every week. We are talking to Fletcher Cox. He is joining me from Radio Row. It's his first time there. I'm outside the Fountains of Bellagio. A couple of quick things before you go. Everybody talks about culture. Everybody talks about building a winning culture. Now, you've got a locker room with some really strong personalities, guys like Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, you. You guys have all been pillars in that locker room for a long time. How would you describe or sum up the Philadelphia Eagles culture? What's it mean to you? I mean, just look at us four guys, right? And then that's what it's built about. You know, it's built about guys that's, that's, that's in, when ball is important, um, leadership is important, being a good teammate is important, you know, treating everybody in the building the same way you want to be treated, right? It don't matter if it's the, the strength staff, training staff, equipment managers, anybody in the cafeteria, anybody walking through visiting, 
you treat them how you want to be treated. And that's really the part of the culture um, that, that, that Mr. Lurie has brought around. And, you know, they keep guys around for those, you know, you got to be a good player, honestly. But, you know, when you're there, they love their draft picks, you know, and, and to keep guys around like myself for, for many reasons, you know, and, and, and that's what really that culture is around there. You know, if you catch guys and you get you grab newer guys that's coming in and you kind of let them know how things are done around here and the way that you should handle yourself. And uh, a lot of guys pick it up and, you know, they continue that tenure with the Eagles forever. And, um, and you know, and some, you know, they're, they're there and then, and then they're out. Talking to Fletcher Cox is speaking of being out. Fletcher, I'm glad I got you relatively early in the morning because you know you're going to be asked about this all day long, but you are a free agent this offseason. There have been reports that maybe you might leave, maybe you might retire. Where's your head at? I know you can't tell me exactly what's going to happen, but can you tell me what your mindset is? What kind of headspace are you in right now as it relates to all of that? I mean, my mindset right now is, you know, it's making sure, you know, mentally and physically, you know, still can, you know, can can play, right? You know, the season's just ended, you know, a couple weeks ago, and the biggest thing is you want to make, you don't want to make an impulsive decision, right? A decision that you think you'll regret. Uh, you know, you still have to take time to, like, I still still doing my postseason, um, you know, things that where, you know, where I need to get better is, you know, when my body's feeling better from a, from a long season, where my mind is clear, um, things and and things of that such. So there's something that you know I haven't even thought about yet uh, you know so I know I'll be free agent but you know like I said it's again that's something I haven't thought about no I respect that let me ask you one thing you think ultimately what do you think is going to go first your ability to dominate and play at the level that you're accustomed to playing at or your willingness or will to prepare because you need both those things which one do you think will go first I mean, I think I can be dominant forever, right? You know, I, 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 and play at a really high level. You know, that's that's your mind. That should be in the athlete's mindset. Um, but you know, sometimes you know, it's got to be that. I think the first thing that goes is the willing to prepare, right? The willing. Are you want to? Do you want to get up every day and do this? Do you want to put on the helmet every day? You know, do you want to be told what to do every day? Where to be? You know, when to be there? You know. Um, and that, that, I think that's a, that's a lot of stuff that goes into it. You know, do you want to keep preparing those long hours to get ready to go play for, you know, for three hours on Sunday? Um, I mean, I mean the physical part, and we're all physically gifted, and uh, that's the thing that you know that, that, that can't be taken away. So, last thought about that: Is that starting to get old, or are you still all about that life? Are you still good with that life? I mean, I still, I still, I still, enjoy, I still enjoy preparing for for everything. I still enjoy preparing for the games, you know, helping guys prepare, um, you know, look forward to the game plans and, you know, how we're scheming teams up, how we're going to stop teams and, you know, listen to messages from the coaches, head coach, position coach, it don't matter. Dude, that's why you're one of the leaders in the locker room and long have been. Fletcher, you've been so good with your time. We covered so much ground. I appreciate you. You're working with Tide today. What are you working on with them? Tell me all about it. Well, we're tackling every tackling every pile uh, with Tide, you know, here this weekend. So if you've got a big pile of laundry, get you some Tide and get it clean. You know, um, obviously, um, you know, Tide has, has been really good to me this, this last year. Um, just partnering with them and, and doing a lot of cool stuff and, um, you know, especially with my teammates with the commercial. I'm sure everybody's seen that. Um, so we're tackling, you know, all the piles, on and off the field. I'm busy. Uh, so, you know, just, just Tide just gets it done. You know, I trust Tide and so should you. My man, I know the fans, and especially in Philadelphia, are waiting to find out exactly where you end up, what you do, but I already know where you're going to end up. You're ultimately going to end up in Canton, but we can't start the clock on you until you stop. My guy, thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up from Radio Row. Great to get caught up, and I really appreciate that, Fletcher. Great job. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. He is a mental health advocate. He appears courtesy of Supernus. It is Jay Glazer. Jay, my brother, it is great as always to talk to you. How's your day, man? How you feeling today? I'm doing great, man. Now I'm talking to you because whenever I talk to you, I feel like I have my ultimate hype, man. I love it. I got to walk around with you always. Dude, anytime, man. I'm here for you, bro. I'm here for you. Nothing but love and respect. I love the energy. I love what you're about. In fact, let me ask you this. You you don't get to where you are, Jay, unless you're driven, unless you're ambitious, unless you're willing to grind. You are all of those things, and you need to be to be, quote, an insider of any sport. But I want to ask you this. Do you wake up every single day, have your feet hit the ground, and think to yourself, man, I got to break something. I got to get that big scoop. Or maybe do you have a different approach to the gig? I have a different approach now. Look, back in the day, I was the first guy to do the minute-by-minute breaking news. Back in 99, I started when that internet thing came out, which I think is going to take off. And uh, so I did. I had the two or three cell phones and and 
I think I had a beeper back then. I don't know. And it just, it didn't stop. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. And then, you know, I saw the business start changing where it's who could tweet the fastest. And that's not what I've really signed up for. So I want to make sure, like, hey, I say something on Fox NFL Sunday. Like, you got to make sure you tune in every single Fox NFL Sunday. I'm going to say something. You're going to go, oh. I did not know that. I did not know the Philadelphia Eagles were changing their defense coordinator this week when nobody else on the planet had any idea about that. You know, I didn't know that Joe Burrow was actually going to go when everybody else said he was going to be out. I didn't know what really happened to Travis Kelsey's knee. So for me, it's always been that on Sunday, I want to make sure I always give uh, something because we have so much fun on our show. I also want to make sure we have the best information on our show as well. Um, and, you know, we've, we've really we've dived into some great stuff. Uh, this year and, and this year, like every year, I, I keep saying it, we, we're not afraid to kind of hit certain things that other shows may not be. You know, a few years ago when Lane Johnson went off the reservation and couldn't find him, he sat down with me and we did a whole mental health talk. And then all the guys on our show, we all talk mental health. and We're the first ones to really do that. So, you know, for me now, everything for me is about Sundays. We are talking and, but, to you. But listen, uh, Monday through Saturday, though, yeah, I'm like. These guys are my therapists, and I'm their therapist. There's a lot that goes in Monday through through uh, Saturday between me and these players and coaches and GMs and everybody else in this league. It doesn't stop. Jay Glazer joining us. Jay, on that very topic, you know, for so long, the topic of mental health was so taboo, especially among men. How much progress have we made in terms of having a public discourse on the topic and in knowing, Jay, that it's okay not to be okay? Yeah, I think that was the whole thing. When I wrote Unbreakable, I wanted to give it words, not from a therapist or a doctor or clergy or your parent, from just a dude who's messed up, who's learning to be good with his messed upness. And <laughs> like for me, no one's questioning my manhood. So I could cry on the drop of a dime. Now, it was important to me to start giving it words so we can have these conversations. Because for years I hit it. And like for me, look, everyone knew it was, hey, Glazer's crazy. And it's a badge of honor in football and fighting. My two worlds. But no one knew how much pain I was in. And so I started talking about it, really was able to help me out. But then I saw how it was able to help everybody else out. All these other people who just kind of didn't know what to do, how to talk about it. So I started having these conversations. And man, I have had grandmothers say that they now have the words to talk to their grandkids and, and husbands and kids and um, parents talking to their, their, a lot of girl dads. We could talk to our, our children. Um, but especially a lot of us dudes starting to re reach, uh, lean into each other. And I've talked to a lot of NFL teams about going out there and saying, hey, you guys, you're so proactive with, with physical health. You're not, you know, you don't just catch passes when you have the drops or run 40s when you're slow. But you only see a therapist who seek out help after the sky's falling. Can't do that. So right now, I know there's not a therapist out there for us probably, but each one of us are therapists for each other. We're shoulder to lean on. And that has gotten me so much closer to all of my people I talk to. And now I've actually, um, Jim, changed my, my this week, my Unbreakable podcast from Unbreakable Mental Health Podcast to Mental Wealth. Jay, I want to Jay, really take let, let me jump in. I'm sorry to jump in. I want to ask you about that. I'm sorry to jump in. I want to ask you about that. I was going to say, yep. I mentioned your podcast, but you did rebrand it. You changed it. Unbreakable, a yep. mental wealth podcast. What is the meaning behind that description? And what can you tell us about your recent conversation with Niners GM John Lynch? Yeah, so first of all, I still think when you think, when you talk mental health, people automatically assume, oh, it's depression, it's anxiety, it's ADHD, and it's not. You know, mental health are things that we all go through on a daily basis, but whether we're dealing with, you know, comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered highlight on, on Instagram, thinking our lives suck, or the crap we see on Twitter, that all the bullying, um, but also the things we've overcome. All these things we've overcome on our way to success. There's no to success. We've all had to go, you've gone through an awful lot to get to where you are. So I wanted to make it more inspirational, hey, to build up that mental wealth and to have that resolve to be able to be the last dude standing. And what have you learned along the way that we can then teach to everybody else, this is what opening up's about now on a different level. Open up, learn from each other so we can make our dreams come true. So that's why I wanted to kind of move, move into it. And, and what better guest to start off with, with John Lynch, who Hall of Fame NFL player, used to play baseball. He's, people don't know he was the, um, he threw out the, sec, the first pitch ever in Florida Marlins history. He played for the Marlins. And then went back to Stanford where Bill Walsh convinced him he'll be a Hall of Fame NFL player, what he's learned, but also like the stuff he and I have talked about. Lynch was probably the first GM who called me to say, hey, can you help me out here with like, what are some of my players thinking when they come to me and say this, 
what's really going on between their ears and how can I help them? So he really will want to, to turn their mental health into mental wealth. Oh, and then we got some funny stories, man. Like, uh, Jim, there's a story on there. It was um, it, it, John in his second year in Denver had never been out. And he, um, his wife, Linda, was like, oh, Glaze is in town. You got to, like, you, go out with Glaze. Like, well, I don't know why she thinks I'm the safe guy. But go out with Glaze. Go out with Glaze. Well, he had never been out the whole year in Denver. He goes to his wife, Linda, and uh, he goes to his teammates and says, you know, Glaze is in town. Where should we go out? So, like, Al Wilson and Jake Plummer and Rod Smith give him this bar that we should go out to. And we show up to the bar, and on first sight, it looked like a pretty good bar. I was single at the time, a lot of women. And then I put my little journalistic hat on. Something's a little off about this place. And I realized that these fools set us up and sent us to a male burlesque show. And here is John Lynch, and it's men in uniform night. And his big dude in a cop outfit comes out from behind this curtain with everything flapping around right behind John Lynch's head. And I'm like, John, wow. we got to go. So, <laughs> wow, incredible. Hey, I talk about laughing a lot through mental health, but hey, this is this. Hey, for your 49er fans out there, this is your general manager. I just want you to know who he really is. <laughs> you guy's incredible. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Linda. Like, I, not to name drop, but I used to work for John's dad. My wife Janet worked for John's dad, so we know oh, wow. the Lynch's very well. You know, they're some of our best friends. It's San Diego. Linda, by the way, Linda might be as good an athlete as there is in that family. She might be as good an athlete as John. Yeah, absolutely. She is. All right, so Linda really quickly, you will go ahead, Jay. Gangster. Yeah, oh, straight up, straight up. Gangster, I, yes. All right, so Supernus Pharmaceuticals is who you're working with today. What are you doing with those folks, and what is the um, the, the idea behind that program? Bring me up to date. Right. Well, it's actually it's a pharmaceutical drug called Kelbury. So, look, we've talked about my depression, talked about my anxiety, my ADHD. I was actually one of the first adults ever diagnosed with adult ADD on the East Coast of America. And back then... And this is my experience, so don't get mad, but they put me on Ritalin back then, and with a guy with depression, that does not work well, because you have these peaks and valleys, and then turn to Adderall, and that, I think, is messed with my brain chemistry. That's what I believe has happened. So I got off everything. And it's not good when you're on TV, and you got six conversations going on at once. And I found this uh, pharmaceutical drug called Kelbri, Q-E-L-B-R-E, it's a non-stimulant. I actually take it at night before I go to bed, and it calms the roommates down in my head. I get this Kelbury calm, I call it, and then I wake up the next day, I am so much better on TV, in business meetings. I wish I had it, you know, 30 years ago when I was first, I was diagnosed in 89, so I wish I had it all those years ago. Uh, I think things would have been a lot different for me. My man, you are the absolute best. I so appreciate the transparency. There's no telling how many people you've helped with your book, yeah. with your podcast, with you being so open and with you letting Thank everybody you. know, man, it is okay not to be okay. Everybody is dealing with something, and you're yeah, the guy man. that's letting people know this. It's okay not to be okay. Jay, I appreciate you, brother, so much. Great to have you on the show. Have a great day, and hey, I know hey, we'll brother, do it again soon. we got to be proud of our scars, man. we got to be too. proud of our scars, not just the physical ones, the mental ones, too. That, that's our currency. That's make us who we, who we are. I'm talking about Derek Brooks. Derek, my man, we don't have as much time as we normally do, but I will take any time that I can get with you. How you doing, my guy? I'm doing all right, my friend. How I still see you're at it, man, I, and I love your energy all these years. You keep bringing it, man, and I love it. My dude, I appreciate you so much, man. They're going to have to drag me out of here. You know that. Listen, let me ask you really quickly, and this is hard to imagine. <laughs> You're a member of the 2014 Hall of Fame class, which means it's been a decade since your name was announced. I'm having a hard time believing yeah. it's been a decade, my man. What do you remember about that moment that you found out that you were going to Canton 10 years ago? Oh, man, in New York. Uh, that was the first the first year of David Baker doing the famous knock uh, at the hotel door. And I just remember, the, uh, man, this massive man knocking on the door and, and telling me that I, I made it and, and just kind of melting in the moment, you know, there with my wife, uh, enjoying that moment up in New York. Uh, at the same time, uh, I did have a feeling of disappointment because John Lynch and, John, and Tony Dungy was on the same ballot and to get the news that they were not joining me that particular year, you know, I did feel uh, a little bit of disheartment, but man, my wife kicked me back in the gear, was like, hey, enjoy this moment for you. They know you want to be with them. And uh, it's one of those feelings, Jim, to be honest with you, 
hard to explain as the years go by is one that you continue to appreciate the fact uh, that I get to represent uh, our team, our family, our teammates as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Derek Brooks joining us. It says so much about you that in your finest moment ever, you were not thinking about yourself, but you were thinking about your teammates. That defense, Derek, you, yeah. Lynch, Sapp, Rondé Barber, all in the Hall of Fame, plus Tony Dungy. Mike Vick once said about you guys, quote, playing them is like playing against a damn all-star team for real. Quote, end of quote. Let me ask you really quickly, what was it like going up against Vick? Well, uh, I mean, I loved it because he brought out every skill set you know, possible for all of us. And in our particular defense, the way that we played him, I was responsible for keeping my eye on him. And I just felt uh, my athleticism, my speed could match his in a confined space. And that's what we were able to do was keep him confined. And uh, I studied Mike a lot, man. I knew a lot of his tendencies when, when he was on the move and, and how he would set defenders up, you know, left, right, uh, in the middle. Uh, but as much as I studied, man, I still had to bring it, you know, to the field. And Mike Vick, as much credit as he gives us, uh, I give it back to him. Uh, Mike, Mike wasn't a problem. Mike was an issue. <laughs> he was an issue, but he was also a lot That's of fun great. to play against. That is so good. Dude, your commitment to preparation is the stuff of legend. If we had more time, I'd have you break this down. But the story goes, you were watching film of Adrian Peterson when he was a freshman at Oklahoma because you knew that you would see him yes. in the league someday. That's your level of commitment. You are here today, Derek, on behalf of Little yes. Caesars. Hit me up. Let me know. What are you doing with those folks? Well, thank you. Well, I'm proudly representing Little Caesars as the official piece of sponsor uh, of the NFL. And this week, uh, we're proudly to present our Super Bowl promotion, uh, which is an area gym that I know a lot about, and that's Pick Sixes. So uh, we have the Pick Six Slices and Sticks Challenge, where we're asking all fans to download the Little Caesars app, accept the Pick Six Slices and Sticks Challenge. And once you do that, now you got to spend a little bit of coin. So you order a piece and then you enter into the contest. And then you sit back and enjoy the game, you know, with some Little Caesars pizza. And you root for a defensive player on either side of the football to score a pick six. They have to score by an interception, not a fumble recovery. Okay, I need the ball to touch their hands and score. Okay, and I really want one of the 49ers to do it because I'm picking the 49ers to win. <laughs> so uh, that's our uh, pick six slices and sticks challenge uh, by Little Caesars Pizza in terms of what I'm representing today. All right, good promotion. I like that. Really quickly, you mentioned the 49ers. Why do you like them, Derek, and what do you think that game, how do you think that game is going to play out? What are you expecting? Well, outside of, you know, the obvious bias towards my good friend, sure. uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and, you know, and I was in the Super Bowl a few years ago and saw the last matchup. I was fortunate to watch that game with John and to see the disappointment, man, you know, on his face. I don't want to see that again. And I think this game is going to play out like this, Jim, simply this. If the 49ers can dominate up front and they can control the tempo of the game, meaning their offensive balance package between runs, play-action passes, and, and offensive manipulations in the play calling, I think that's a re recipe for success. And Brock Purdy protecting the football and not turning it over and making good decisions. In other words, if he continues to be a great game manager, I love the chances of the 49ers. On vice versa, their defense has to stop the run get away from that don't let Kansas City get balanced when Mahomes gives you a chance to get a turnover cash in and at last do the best you can to contain him he's going to make plays but keep the ball in front of you limit the amount of opportunities that he has against you Gordon.